Hello, everyone. This is Jim Kelly. Welcome back to Free Reads. Welcome back to Free Reads and part two of Going Deep. This past weekend, I was in Los Angeles at the Nebula Awards, where, as I expected, I lost the short story award. You may recall that my story, Don't Stop, which probably tickled your ears a few months ago, was up. I am now 1 for 11 in Nebula competition, but hey, there's always next year. Since I didn't come away with the prize, the highlight of the weekend was when my best friend, John Kessel, won for his novelette, Pride in Prometheus. John won a Nebula on his first try, 26 years ago, and has been shut out since, until last Saturday. Congrats, John! Also congrats to Nina Kariki Hoffman, whose excellent Trophy Wives copped the, um, trophy in my category. So much for the news roundup. Let's get back to the moon, shall we? Mariska checked the chemistry of her nutrient solution. Phosphorus was down 50 parts per million, so she added a pinch of ammonium dihydrogen phosphate. She was raising tomatoes in rock wool spun from lunar regolith. Sixteen new blossoms had opened since Tuesday and needed to be pollinated. She used one of the battery-operated toothbrushes that Mr. Holgren the Yag Super favored. Mariska needed an average yield of 4.2 kilograms per plant in order to complete this unit. Her tomatoes wouldn't be ripe for another eight weeks. Jack was on tomatoes, too. His spring crop had had an outbreak of mosaic virus, and so he was repeating the unit. Other kids straggled into the lab as she worked. Grieg, who had the bench next to hers, offered her one of his lima beans, which she turned down, and a hit from his sniffer, which she took. Megawatt waved hello, and Fung stopped by to tell her that their Gorshkov tour had been rescheduled for Tuesday, which she already knew. After a while, Random ambled in, using a backpack to clean up the nutrient spills and leaf litter. He had just washed out of the spacer program, but his mother was a med super, so he was hanging around as a janitor until she decided what to do with him. Everyone knew why he had failed. He was a feed demon. His head was like a digital traffic jam. However, unlike Del Clean, Random had never once crashed. They said that if you ever opened yourself wide to him, even just for an instant, you would be so filled with other people's thoughts that you would never think your own again. He noticed her staring and saluted her with the wand of his vacuum cleaner. It was funny, he didn't look all that destroyed to Mariska. Sleepy, maybe, or bored, or a little high, but not as if he had had his individuality crushed. Besides, even though he was too skinny, he was kind of cute. Not for the first time, she wondered what their Hammergeld compatibility score might be. 
Mariska felt the tingle of Jack offering a mind feed. She opened her head a crack and accepted. Giving up for today. She was relieved that Jack just wanted to chat. You? Ten minutes. Mariska was still getting used to chatting in public. She and Jack had been more intimate, of course, had even opened wide for full mental convergence a couple of times. But that had been when they were by themselves, sitting next to each other in a dark room. Swapping thoughts was all the mind-feed she could handle without losing track of where she was. After all, she was still a kid. How's your fruit set? Jack's feed always felt like fizzing behind her ears. Fifty, maybe sixty. She noted random drifting toward her side of the lab. This sucks. Tomatoes? Hydroponics. Spacers got to eat. Spacers suck. Jack's pleasant fizz gave way to a bubble of annoyance. You're a spacer. Mariska had begun to have her doubts about that. But this didn't seem like the right time to bring them up, because Random had shut his vacuum off and slouched beside her bench in silence. His presence was a kind of absence. He seemed to have parked his body in front of her, and then forgotten where he had left it. What? She poked his shoulder. Say something! Jack bumped her feed. Problem? Just random. All kids of Spacer's stock were thin, but with his spindly limbs and teacup waist and translucent skin, Random seemed more a rumor than a boy. His eyelids fluttered, and he touched his tongue to his bottom lip, as if he were trying to remember something. Your mother, he said. Mariska could feel a ribbon of dread weave into her feed with Jack. She wasn't sure her feet were still on the floor. Ska, what? Nothing. Mariska clamped her head closed, then gave Jack a feeble wave to show that everything was all right. He didn't look reassured. What about my mother? She hissed at random. You don't even know her. He opened his hand and showed her a small brown disc. At first she thought it was a button, but then she recognized the profile of Abraham Lincoln and realized that it was some old coin from Earth. What was it called? Uh, a penalty? No, a penny. I know this, said Random. Check the date. She shrank from him. No. Then Jack came to her rescue. He rested a hand on Random's shoulder. Be smooth now. It didn't take much effort to turn the skinny kid away from her. What's happening? Random tried to shrug from Jack's grip, but he was caught. Isn't about you. Fair enough. Jack always acted polite when he was getting angry. But here I am. You're not telling me to go. Go away, are you? He says it's about Natalia Bolichkova, said Mariska. Random placed the penny on Mariska's bench. Check the date. Jack picked the penny up and held it to the light. 2018, he read. They used to use this stuff for money. I know that, Mariska snapped. She snatched the penny out of his hand and shoved it into the front pouch of her tug shirt. 
Random seemed to have lost interest in her, now that Jack had arrived. He switched on the backpack, bent over and touched the wand to a tomato leaf on the deck. It caught crossways for a moment, singing in the suction, and was gone. Then he sauntered off. "'What's this got to do with your mother?' said Jack. Mariska had been mad at Random, but since he no longer presented a target, she decided to be mad at Jack instead. "'Don't be stupid. She's not my mother.' She saw that Grieg was hunched over his beans, pretending to check the leaves for white flies. From the way his shoulders were shaking, she was certain that he was laughing at her. Let's get out of here. Jack looked doubtfully at the chemical dispensers and gardening tools scattered across her bench. You, uh, want to clean up first? No. She peeled off her clingy and threw it at the bench. Jack tried to cheer her up by doing a flip-scrape in the corridor immediately in front of the hydroponics safety hatch. He leapt upward in the moon's one-sixth gravity, flipped in mid-air, and scraped the rollers on the bottom of his shoes across the white ceiling. Scritch! Scritch! Leaving skid marks. He didn't quite stick the landing and had to catch himself on the bulkhead. Let Random clean that. His face flushed with the effort. That slaghead. You're so busted, said Mariska, nodding at the security cam. They're probably calling your parents even as we speak. Not, said Jack. Megawatt and I smeared the cams with agar last night. He smiled and swiped a lock of curly hair from his forehead. From Holmgren's own petri dishes. All they've got is blur and close-ups of bacteria. He looked so proud of himself that she couldn't help but grin back at him. Smooth. Her Jack was the master of the grand and useless gesture. He reached for her hand. So where are we going? Away. They skated in silence through the long corridors of high zone. Jack let her lead. He was much better on rollers than she was. A two-time Sugarfoot finalist and matched her stroke for stroke without loosening or tightening his feathery grip. "'You were mad back there,' said Jack. "'Yes. Have you heard from your mother yet?' "'I told you she's not my mother.' "'Sure. You're a clone, then.' Technically, Mariska was Natalia Volichkova's clone, but she didn't bother to correct him. Not yet. Probably soon, he gave her hand a squeeze. Unless I get lucky and she leaves me alone. I don't see why you care. If she comes to visit, just freeze her out. She'll leave eventually. I don't want to see them together, her and Al. She could just picture Volichkova in their flat, the heroic experience. Explorer would sneer at the way her hired father had spent the money she had given them. Then she would order Al around and turn off her room's persona and, and tell Mariska to grow up, as if she wasn't trying. Move out for a while. Stay with Geetha. Mariska made a vinegar face. Her little brother is a brat. Come stay with us, then. You could sleep in Meemaw's room. Jack's grandmother had been a fossil spacer. 
one of the first generation to go to the stars. She had died back in February. Sure, let's try that one on Al. It'll be fun watching the top of his head blow off. But my parents would be there. Being Jack's girlfriend meant having to tolerate his parents. The mom wasn't so bad. A little boring, but then what grown-up wasn't? But the dad was a mess. He had washed out of the spacer program when he was Jack's age, and his mother, Meemaw, had never let him forget it. The dad put his nose in a sniffer more than was good for anyone, and when he was high, he had a tongue on him that could cut steel. Weren't your parents there when you and Megawatt set off that smoke bomb in your room? Jack blushed. It was a science experiment that cleared all of Tamzone. She pulled him to a stop and gave him a brush kiss on the cheek. Besides, your parents aren't going to be patrolling the hall at all hours. What if I get an overpowering urge in the middle of the night? Who'll protect you? Urge. He dashed ahead, launched a jump 180, and landed it, skating backwards, wiggling his cute ass. Overpowering? His stare was at once playful and hungry. Show off. Mariska looked away, embarrassed for both of them. Jack was so pathetically eager. It wasn't right to tease him about sex. It had seemed like a grown-up thing to say, but just now she wasn't feeling much like an adult. She needed to get away from Jack. Everybody. Be by herself. She decided to cue a fake call. When her fingernail flashed, she studied it briefly, then brought it to her ear. It's Al, she said. Sorry, Jack. I've got to go. The swimming pool in Muay Zone was one of the biggest in the moon's reservoir system. But Mariska liked it because it didn't have a sky projected on its ceiling. Somehow images of stars and clouds made the water seem colder, even though all the moon's pools were kept at a uniform 27 degrees Celsius. And she felt less exposed looking up at raw rock. The diving platforms at the deep end were always crowded with acrobats. In the shallows, little kids stood on their hands and wiggled their toes and heaved huge, quivering balls of water high into the air. Their shouts of glee echoed off the low ceiling and drowned in the blue expanse of the pool. The twenty-five lanes were busy as usual, with lap swimmers meeting their daily exercise expectation. Mariska owed the med supers an hour in the pool four times a week. She sat at the edge in lane 12 and waited for an opening. She was wearing the aqua blade bodysuit that Al had bought her for her birthday. Jack had wanted her to get a tank suit, or a two-piece, but she had chosen the neck-to-knee style because her chest was still as flat as the lunar plains. That was why she didn't like to swim with Jack. When they stood next to each other in swimsuits, she looked like his baby sister. She eased into the cool water just behind an old guy in a blue speedo and queued up the data feed she was supposed to review on ground squirrels. The hibernating Spermophilus tritisum lineatus can spend six months without food. During this period, its temperature drops to as low as zero Celsius. 
with a heart rate of 1% of its active state and oxygen consumption at 2%, the squirrel can survive slowly on the combustion of its lipid reserves, especially unsaturated and polysaturated fatty acids. As Mariska's heart rate climbed to its target of 179 beats per minute, her deep and regular breathing and the quiet slap of the water against her body brought on her usual swimming trance. For a brief blue moment, doing the right thing was easy. Just bounce off the two walls, connected by the black lane line. Then her thoughts began to tumble over one another. Everything was stuck together, just like in the Love Gravy song. Al and Jack and Volichkova, and her life on the moon, and her future in space, and sex, and going deep, and the way her room wouldn't let her grow up, and Fyodor Bear, and pancakes, and tomatoes, and what did Random want with her anyway? The gene regulating the enzyme PDK4, pyruvate dihydrogenase, kinase isoenzyme 4, switches the squirrel's metabolism from the active to the hibernating state by inhibiting carbohydrate oxidation. She tried to remember when she had decided to block out everything about Natalia Volichkova, but she couldn't. She had a vague memory that it had been her room's idea. She had asked it why her mother had abandoned her, and her room had said that maybe grown-ups didn't always have choices, but that had only made her upset. So her room had told Mariska that she was a special girl who didn't need a mother and that she should never ask about her again. Ever. Never. Or had that been in a dream feed? Mitochondrial functions are drastically reduced. Mariska felt as if she were swimming through the data in the feed. She was certain that she would never remember any of it, and Mr. Holmgren was going to have a meltdown when he saw how she had left her bench in the lab, and she'd probably flunk tomatoes just like Jack had. In 2014, the first recombinant ground squirrel and human genes resulted in activity of PTL, pancreatic triacylglycerol lipase, in both heart and white adipose tissue under supercooling conditions. What had happened in 2018? A date on the penny. She had never much cared for history. The oil crash must have started about that time. And Google 1.0, the founding of Moonbase Zhang. A bunch of extinctions, data feeds, sure, but mind feeds didn't come until the 80s. When did the fossil spacers launch their first spaceship? As she touched the wall, a foot tapped her on the shoulder. She twisted out of her flip turn and broke the surface of the water, sputtering. Random was standing at the edge of the pool, staring at her. His bathing suit had slid down his bony hips. My penny, he said. Can I have it back now? His pale skin had just a tinge of blue, and he was shivering. Okay, everyone out of the pool. But do stop back next week for the conclusion of Going Deep. See you then.
This is Jim Kelly. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll check back here again soon for more of Rereads.